G'day, my name's Martin Murray and you're listening to the In The Paddock podcast, where we talk all things farming. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Tech Talk, your short weekly podcast on all things technical in farming. So the topic for today's Wednesday Tech Talk comes from a listener via the In The Paddock podcast Instagram page. So if you haven't given it a like, get on Instagram, search In The Paddock and check it out. So the question I got was, can I explain the difference between liquid and granular synthetic fertilizers, which is a bit of a tricky question. So there's a lot in it. There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot of a lot of chemistry, and I'm just not sure how easily I'm going to be able to sum it up in you know the next two to three minutes. So the way I'm going to do it is I'm just going to cover off a bit on nitrogen sources and a bit on starter, and I figure they're the two main ones. So if we can hook into them, sort them out, and then we'll uh, go from there. So firstly, nitrogen. So generally, if you get nitrogen into the crop, there's a little bit in your starter and that sort of thing, but mainly we're talking about urea. Urea is generally your main source for nitrogen in a synthetic fertilizer. Little white granular, 46% nitrogen. So for every 100 kilos you spread, you're getting 46 kilos of nitrogen in your paddock. So when we start looking at liquid end sources, there's two main types. You've got ammonium nitrate dissolved in water which is generally marketed as easy n or yaradul version n42 and it's 42 percent nitrogen per liter and then you've got urea dissolved in water which is 22 percent nitrogen now some people make that themselves they'll just get a whole heap of urea put it in a big vat of water mix it up generally you got to heat it because uh, it's a endothermic reaction if I've got that right so it makes everything very cold so you've got to heat it up to make it happen but why you'd mix it yourself I just don't know it's very labor intensive takes a lot of time and um, it's hard to do it's much easier to let someone else do it so I guess what's the main difference between these forms of liquid N and urea the first one you're going to notice is price basically easy N and liquefied urea whatever you want to call it is effectively double the price per unit of N when compared to urea. So what advantages are you getting for that? Well, it sort of depends a bit on your system. If you're set up for liquids over granulars, that might work. Say you've, you're sowing wheat, you've got an air cart, you've got two bins, you've got one for starter, one for seed, but then you can set up a liquid system off a nose tank, that might fit. That might work for you to get that water run urea in there. Easy N has the advantage of having ammonium nitrate in it. Nitrate available nitrogen has the advantage that it's immediately available for uptake from by the plant. Uh, whereas both urea and obviously liquid, liquefied urea, need to be converted from ammonium nitrogen into nitrate nitrogen before they're taken up by the plants. So if you're getting late in the season and you're just seeing your crop starting to look a little bit off colour and there's a rain front coming, something like that, you want to give it a real quick hit, you want to give it a bit of a boost then EZN or N42 or some form of ammonium nitrate nitrogen is the way to go. Now, the other thing to keep in mind there is though you will need specialised equipment to do it, you'll need to have streamer nozzles on your spraying rig. If you don't do this and you run it out through normal nozzles, it'll just look like you're going over the top and sprayed it with a heap of Roundup. It doesn't do a good job. So that's fairly basic and quick, but I guess it, it just covers off the nitrogen side of things. So I'll move into the starters. And basically, I'll just talk about MAP and DAP uh, because they're the main ones that we use and what their comparative products are. The main nutrient that you're trying to get out of your starter is phosphorus. Phosphorus is 
it's really what you're putting the starter in there for. So just as you can get urea dissolved in water, you can also get map and dap dissolved in water. And just like your liquid end sources are more expensive than your granular end sources, your liquid pea sources are also going to be more expensive. You've got to take in consideration that time needs to be accounted for for mixing that product and the added transport cost that's associated with that big bulky volume of water. It's a lot harder to move around than a couple of tonnes of fert. So why might you want to use a liquid starter over a conventional granular starter? Well, most of it comes down to what you set up for. They've really got a bit more of a role in summer crop situations as your summer crop planters don't tend to be set up for fertiliser. They tend to just be seed-only sort of rigs. And so that's where having a nose tank and being able to run out of liquid fert and a liquid starter would definitely be of an advantage. Another reason would be the ability of the phosphorus to spread through the soil. Granular fert, such as map and dap, don't really spread out too far in the soil. And the liquid map or dap will spread a bit further. However, to get the maximum spread in the soil, well, you'd need to go a phosphoric acid-based product. Now, that's something that we haven't spoken about before. Reason for that is, although it's very cheap, it's very cost-effective, it is extremely dangerous. It's got a pH of about 1, so if you don't know what you're doing and you're not set up for it, it can be very, very dangerous. Uh, if you're not using the right pump, it'll just chew out a regular pump. It is very, very acidic. So I just can't stress that safety element enough. But its redeeming factor is that it spreads out very well in the soil. It gets a bit over 25 centimetres out from where it was applied, which is really good. And really important if you've got a crop that doesn't really forage for pea, like take cotton for example, uh, whereas some crops, if they find a band of pea, like a starter line, the roots will grow and follow that. Cotton just doesn't do that, so you want as wide and even distribution of the pea in the soil as possible. Which sort of draws me onto a point where liquids do an incredible job. That's if you've got irrigation. So if you've got overhead irrigation, drip irrigation, not so much flood irrigation as you've got that whole issue of tail water and return water and it just it sort of mucks up your calculations. But if say if you've got centre pivots and you can get liquid fert into those centre pivots, that would be brilliant. It is ideal because you're getting that nice even distribution. It's that diluted in the water. You're not going to have any issues with burning like you might get from Easy N, like I mentioned before. And you won't have any issues with the crop foraging for those nutrition as it'll be evenly spread through the system. And in the case of, say, a drip irrigation system, it's going to be right there at the root zone, ready for the plants to take it up. And in my mind, that's really where liquids come into their own. Otherwise, it's a bit of a much of a muchness. And I'll generally recommend sticking to granular fertilizer just on a cost basis. However, it may not suit your system. And the only other exemption to that rule that I'll generally go for is Easy N late in the season as that nitrate nitrogen can get right into the plant and be taken up right away. You don't have to wait for the ammonium nitrogen to be broken down and turned into nitrate. So I know that's gone a fair bit longer than normal, but I hope it answers the question. And if you want to ask your own question or you've got any other ideas for a Wednesday Tech Talk or even a full episode, hit me up at In The Paddock Podcast on Instagram, find me on TikTok, LinkedIn or wherever I'm on most social medias in one form or another. But please go on Instagram, search In The Paddock, give us a like, give us a follow, uh, try and put some pretty good content up there. 
And I'd just like to finish up by saying, I know I've thrown around a few brand names here today. I'm not endorsing these products. They're just fairly well-known brands. So it's easier for you guys, the listeners, to understand what I'm talking about. Please remember that this advice is general in nature and always consult your own expert before acting on what you've heard here. Thanks for listening to the In The Paddock podcast. Hopefully you took something out of it that'll help you on your farming journey. Please remember to subscribe so you can stay tuned for the latest shows. Remember to like, share, rate and review to help others find us. Until next time, keep at it.